This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate, Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Logan, Punching Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another inquisitive episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. Yeah, you are. Yes. And and how how is Adam? Adam is fine. Adam is just fine. There is, Adam is just, after it's just fine. After this week, there's one more week of school. Then I get a nice two-week break. And I'm very much excited about a two-week break. So are all the students. It's like teaching zombies right now you know i wonder what it would be well but only if the zombies were like like less motivated to eat brains like if they were like brains but if not that you know that's kind of how it feels what kind of lazy zombie yeah, you know, you know brains in in our day zombies wanted those brains and they did what it took to get them now they just right? expect that people's heads just open up for free at the grocery store, you know? You know, just entitled zombies. Entitled zombies. They just think that this stuff, that that the gray matter inside our skulls is just owed to them. Just owed like, to them. Yeah, they just don't need to do anything for it. You know, these, these dang entitled whippersnappers need to get off our lawns Fra- and stop trying to, yeah. you know eat eat our brains it makes me want to shake my fist at a cloud yes Um, yes and you know what what if the cloud answered back what if the cloud shook its fist at you free loading chunk of water right well i mean it does give us water back though right yeah wherever it wants not where you want it to go necessarily Uh, i was gonna say unless unless it is unless it is (laughs) i mean hmm you know, those nature, rain clouds are coming into our places of work and stealing our gerbs. Our gerbs. It took our gerbs. It took our gerbs. Um, yeah. Are you guys coming up on monsoon season? I don't know. I, I think this summer we might we might do it. It makes more more sense to go down there in the summer, of course, you know. Um, yeah. Though, like, it's not like the winters are particularly bad. It's just the summer seems more ideal, right? Um, yeah. Whereas summer it here really is uh, you know, pretty brutal. Like it can be anyway. Unless, of course, no you're kidding. like me and you just stay indoors as often as possible. Like a smart person. I am an indoorsman. That, that's, that's why the good Lord invented air conditioning. Right. 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 Mm, um, mm. So big thanks. But he also invented the sun. So, you know, if so, obviously it's a scam. It's a ploy. Um, well, that's how it gets you. You you say that, but as a self-professed Irishman like yourself, uh, without the sun, I'm 
pretty sure you'd just like be see-through, right? If if I if the sun is up high enough that even if I'm indoors with the lights off, I still get a sunburn. Yeah, you know that is the ginger life. That that ginger life. I've heard I've heard it's a uh, a tough row to hoe, as the as the farming community might say. Yes, they might or they might not. They might not. I'm not really sure. You know what's a funny word to say is monsoon. That's kind of a funny word. Yeah, it is kind of a funny word. It's like mongoose, but it's coming soon to a theater near you. Yeah. You know, you know, it's another funny word. I learned about this when I was doing some research. Would it be procrastinate? Uh, was, That's a pretty funny word. Not for our listeners. Uh, um, <laughs> when, when I... <laughs> Just How about Segway? Do we know the word Segway? This episode is brought not. to you by the letter S, which starts with which which uh, is for Segway. <laughs> I want to write a Segway. Um, when I was doing research for dangerous destinations, I was looking up different types of weather and what you call certain big storms. And you know, in uh, like in Mad Max. You have that sandstorm that like dominates the entire horizon. Like this freaking thing is just huge. Right, it just yeah. fills everything. You know what that kind of a sandstorm is called? Yeah, I, I, what is it called? It's called a haboob. Ah, uh, yes, a haboob. A haboob. That is also a funny word. Yes, it is a very funny word because it sounds like habit. Yeah, that's that's why. That's why it's funny. Ha ha. And speaking of habits. Yes. We habitually procrastinate. And, uh, you know, what's what's been happening for you lately? Yeah. Dude. Doing doing my class. Dude. And a dude. Oh, I like that. Dude. That's, that's yeah. quite good. That's quite good. Mm-hmm. Well, I have taken a foreign exchange student into my care. Um, yeah. So I got to meet him. Really, cool really guy. interesting. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's from France. Uh, for, France. For anyone who does not know, I lived in France for two years. You know, and uh, uh, so we bit of a francophile. Yes, I am. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little, a little bit. You know. Just a, a little tiny thin mint. <laughs> a, th- a wafer thin <laughs> mint. <laughs> way to Meaning nail that life. you know that's a weffer yes mm. yeah my first yes. french lessons of course were from the monty python series as any good french lesson yes as well as you know that's one thing that i assume anyone listening to the show is is well familiar with that uh if not you need to really we appreciate your listenership but stop right now and go find it and Go watch yes. it. Go do your homework. At least Holy Grail. Yeah. I um, mean, it, I, I don't know how anyone in the nerd community or within well, a know, mile of the nerd community could have avoided as they Monty get, Python and the Holy Grail. As they get younger and younger, they there are gaps. I mean, I get students that haven't seen Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, it happens. Man, it's really a tragedy. It's really a tragedy. You know, uh, they they require driver's licenses to do things like, you know, drive cars. You know, you have to pass various exams to 
operate equipment, but they just let anyone have children. There's not even a questionnaire that reads, have you seen Star Wars? You know, like they, they, just, they just don't do it. And this is what happens. This is what happens. And so those children, Star Wars should be a prerequisite for having children. I mean, yeah, obviously. Obviously, I thought it, it it would be required to be a part of nerd culture, right? Like, dost thou want to pass through the gates, these hallowed portals? Yeah, but then Go watch only Star those Wars. people should be procreating. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, if you, uh, if you don't have an imagination, I literally have no use for you, right? You know, if you haven't seen Monty Python and if you haven't seen Star Wars, you're amateur creating at best. You know, you're just offending me personally. I mean, yes, mm. I didn't make them. Yes, they have no idea who I am. Yes, my existence does not depend at all on whether or not these fine works of media exist. But you have offended me. And you should repent. You know, and 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 they don't know. They they don't know us. Like we don't owe them any kind of explanation. We so, are free to demand whatever we so choose. Yes, because you can't have the free without the dumb, and nobody exemplifies the dumb. Like inspiration point. Um, we do the dumb thing. We do the dumb thing as often as our walnut-sized brains can muster. That's right. I am also working on a board game, which you got a small taste of, but we spent most of our weekend painting, which was great. Um, and but, it, yes, it is it, very making, good what I... It's making some progress. And, and I'm starting to realize that the rules that I've kind of come up with for it are really born out of my frustrations with trying to teach D&D to people. And I don't know. I figured as much. Yeah, yeah. And the main thing that I find is tripping people up is just any math whatsoever. <laughs> just the simplest. People don't like math. They really don't. Even, even yeah, stuff like addition. Mm. You know, they don't even want to do basic addition. And it's very, very frustrating. I don't understand why. Why is it so difficult? And that is something that I am personally dedicated to uncovering. I want to find out what that answer is as I teach these classes and figure out why is it that it is so difficult to come up with an ability score bonus and add it to proficiency if you're proficient. That's all there is. That's the whole game. And it just absolutely frustrates me to no end. So, mm. you know what really grinds my gears? Yeah. You know? Uh, I feel Why like, you no can math? I feel like people understand spell slots faster than they understand proficiency. That's ludicrous. They should just change the name of proficiency to good at. You know, yeah, it sounds stupid, but people will get it right away. You know what I mean? I don't know. Proficiency, I guess, is just too long of a word. It's such a good word, though. And it, it really is, is. Uh, it really even is. more so the correct word. It is the correct word. It very perfectly describes it. But what if the game is just better than human beings? I don't have an answer for that. I, I don't either. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So there's that going on. And, of course, now I'm sitting here with you 
to record our show. And what is going on in your week? I have not yet asked. You know, I, uh, I've been doing some more writing as per usual. Um, I also took a bit of a plunge earlier today and, uh, Took a bit of a gamble yep. and bought Elden Ring for Ooh. for my PC. Now, have you loaded those, it up yet? I did. Ooh. And for those who don't know, my my rig, I built my PC. Oh Lord, something like probably seven years ago or something. Uh, I built it back when. Um, there were still some people who thought doing SLI graphics cards uh, could still be a good idea. Um, spoiler, it's not. Nobody freaking supports dual graphics cards. So I basically have one whole graphics card sitting in my machine doing 100% diddly. Um, so I was a little concerned as to whether my PC would run the game at all. Uh, but I loaded it up and got into it, got through character creation, got to run around with my character. And so far it has been smooth. Excellent. I, I will say um, I've leveled myself up a few times though. The, Souls-like games that uh, from software, the developer of the uh, Dark Souls games, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, and Sekiro Die Twice, or Sh Shadows Die Twice, I think it was. Yeah, um, Neo. It's kind of that. Yes, that yeah. that one as well. They're you know, for anyone who doesn't know, they have this reputation for making brutally difficult games right yeah. um they are so they are brutal or difficult for small brains like me so i i don't want to agree with you on that but i get your your sentiment yeah, yeah um yeah. <laughs> uh so i go into this and i i'm playing super paranoid uh i haven't even attacked anything yet apart from maybe some like clay pots along the walls, I demolish those. But as far as living things that could attack me back, I'm like, just because of their reputation, I'm terrified of like anything that moves. I'm like, I'm that squirrel over there. I'm pretty sure is going to like turn into some nine legged, many fanged beastie and like Monty Python, Vorpal rabbit me right in the throat. Yeah. Um, so I was playing very cautiously, but the fact that it ran at all was a major point of excitement. Excellent. Um, so maybe try it out. I know some people on PC have been having some issues here mm. and there. Some, some haven't like I talked to someone who um, there's an issue where just all enemies suddenly become invisible. So you're like riding around and then all of a sudden you're just getting obliterated from like a billion different angles. You're getting hit by flying enemies. But as far as you know, there's nothing around. 
but you're getting ghost smacked to hell and back real bad. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, the PC especially gets uh, some patches pretty soon, but it's it's pretty exciting and it is enormous and very intimidating and very atmospheric. So I am I'm hesitant, but very excited. So I, I went ahead and went to the store page here on Steam to look at it. And the first review says recommended. Play this if you enjoy getting your balls crushed by a hydraulic press. Yeah, I was kind of getting that vibe. <laughs> so. 10 out of 10 would get hydraulic pressed again. <laughs> Another one says Big yeah. Dark Souls. Recommended. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very unique thing. I mean, if there's one thing that you need to know, you get a horse named torrent that you can summon and that horse can double jump so go buy it all right well that's all you need double jumping horse baby so (laughs) i'm i'm you know i'm excited to to get good as the as the youth of today are uh are fond of saying i actually i don't even know if that is the youth of today that's like the youth of like 10 years my students always get upset with me whenever i use their terms so of course i do Uh, it often dude possible are are there i I dabbed today in front of everyone and then they told me not to and i did it again well yeah of course they they don't you need to show them who's boss right i had to assert assert thine dominance dominance. that's Right. right yeah and most of them have already moved past t posing so um, I, that is something that a, a few of the older ones know, but some of the younger ones already don't get that reference. So you remember planking. I do remember planking yes. <laughs> where you just lay flat. I remember they something. had an episode of the office that was about planking. Uh, <laughs> that was interesting. Humans People do weird. Humans stuff. are weird. That's why they can't figure out proficiency bonuses, you know, that, you know, and Speaking of not being able to figure stuff yeah. out, we've got some more questions tonight, right? Yes. Well, hopefully we have answers. We have students that have questions. Um, and we answered a few of them last time that we met up. But, you know, there should be a few more here that are worth putting in a little bit of time into. Mm. I will do my best to troll these students as hard as I can. So one question is, how does your whole group level up? So this is like one of those like not super deep questions that maybe we could add a little bit of depth to. There's a few different ways that you can level up your group. Mostly we talk about either using, excuse me, experience points, or we talk about uh, doing what we call milestone leveling. Mm hmm. And Which essentially lo- just boils down to the GM says, okay, you can all level up now. Yeah, that is what it basically boils down to. Usually the right. idea is that you finish like a chapter or a big difficult moment or a milestone, like if you a, will, a milestone, if you will. Whereas, yes, the game has built into it an experience point system and all the monster entries have experience point values like little bounties listed on them. When a monster dies, it uh, gives up its XP and you divide the number of XP it provides by the number of players you have at the table, regardless of their level. 
Correct. So once you hit certain experience point thresholds, you normally level up. Now, in some groups, people like to level up the players separately. So, for instance, mm. if someone were to miss a session, uh, right. perhaps they don't get XP for that scene or for some story reason they can't get it or something that I cringe, but I used to do it and I'm I proudly no longer do it is rating people's role play ability and giving them XP Ooh. based on that. Uh, that mm. I would not yeah. recommend doing that, that that resulted in a lot of people feeling very upset. And, yeah. you know, and for good reason, people that were honestly and earnestly trying to and me just being a new GM, being a little full of myself and being kind of an elitist. Sorry, a just monocle. Yeah. Not good enough. Not good enough for me. And I'm, of course, the authority as someone your own age. Right. Right. In college. Like that was ridiculous of me. So I would I would avoid things like this. But I also understand that people that attend sessions want to feel rewarded for doing so. And so if you want to do the thing where you you level people up unevenly, you know, that is certainly your prerogative. But I do not. And this is something that I avoid. Number one, it makes the math easier for everyone. If somebody yeah. for, forgets how much experience they have, it's very helpful when everyone has the same amount of experience. Right. Uh, um, another thing is we prevent hurt feelings. Another thing is we prevent people from kind of not helping each other that much because they're secretly being sort of competitive. Do not base your experience boys off of points off of who gets the killing blow. If you unless oh, you God. really want your players to not work together at all. Ugh. Right. And you want no one to roll any support classes. Right. So. It's I, I've had a GM do that in, a, in the past. I did not seek another session with that person. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, it's it's so. <sighs> well, it, it, it's just any time anyone's being really pretentious about how to reward experience points, the ability to advance your character. The only the only thing I would consider and, and I still wouldn't do it, but the only thing I would go, okay, I kind of get it, would be based on is the player demonstrating mastery of the game? Mm. Like, is it clear to me they understand how to make an attack roll? And like, let's say they're a paladin, right? Have they mastered being a level two paladin? And perhaps mm. I can move them to being a level three paladin, right? I mean, that kind of makes sense. Well, on that depending on how you look at it, could even be considered milestone also. Well, that's just true. more of a technical milestone. And that could right? be an easy catch-up mechanic, too, where, okay, you might be behind one level this session, but if you really show huge improvement, maybe you can catch all the way back up or something. Right. Um, another thing that you sometimes see players do is what happens when a player character dies? Do they come back the same level as everybody else? Or do they start back at level one? Well, some people like to do level one. Uh, I don't. I bring people back in at the same level. Yeah. The only negative is that typically you don't have any gear or you have may maybe one thing, like one magic item. Well, um, I mean, you want... With that, you, you do have the... Um, 
the flip side of you want death to feel impactful. That's for sure. You know, and if it if you feel like, you know, oh, my Andrew character died. Now I'm going to bring in Schmandrew and uh, (laughs) just happens that uh, he looks very similar to Andrew, strikingly so, and has all the same gear. And and, I uh, I certainly don't. I certainly don't entertain that. Right. Like if someone tries to pull Schmandrew on me, I'm going to get tell them to get lost. Uh, Unless it's me. Yeah. Unless it's you, of course. Of course. Thanks. Um, But if somebody, you know, I, I guess one way I could I could make the argument would be like it's not about punishing you for dying it's that now you're playing a new class and you need to learn to play your class right mm. and, and so you'll you might do a thing where you level up very quickly maybe even a couple of times a session but we do level you up right and I th- I could find that understandable but I definitely wouldn't do that with veteran players who know what they're doing Right. Oh, no. With veteran players, I'd be like, yeah, just come in at the same level. Who cares? Let's have fun. We're just here to have fun. I know that's way beyond the scope of what the question was asking. Sure. But for me personally, I've really kind of bounced around back and forth between milestone and experience. And I kind of play with both ideas. Mm I am. I definitely keep everyone the same level and the same exact experience level. And one thing I want to start to try doing is changing the way I, I reward experience. Um, For instance, in fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, you are supposed to uh, reward players based on the experience value of a monster. If they slay it or otherwise defeat it in battle. Right. Right. And, but there is something called adjusted XP and adjusted XP has to do only technically with your ability to balance an encounter because the game the game becomes harder the more actual like bodies are in the combat. So there's a mm. multiplier applied when you have a certain amount of enemies. And that mm. helps you balance the encounter. But it doesn't change technically your reward based on XP. Well, I want to change that and I want to make that the same thing because I do Mm. find that experience points, particularly for experienced players is just a bit slow for me. Yeah. Um, Especially if they're fighting a lot, like they have to almost fight like a video games worth of enemies, which is too much. Like in a video game, it makes sense to that. You have to kill like a hundred enemies to level up. Right. Right because that can happen so quickly and it's all based on you and it's more about the action anyway. Right. But in D and D, you know, I don't want to, as a, as a GM to feel like I have to have like 50 kobolds in this dungeon in order for you to go from level two to three. Right. And that's just, that's something that's been kind of bugging me. You know, I think, I think also something that that has made me always kind of gravitate much more toward milestone is because the XP system, at least kind of on its face, seems almost exclusive to combat. Yeah, and it can dealing with a, with a monster. And I like that 
um, or rather I say, I should, I think that role play scenarios and things like that are worth experience as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I also feel like, um, traps, puzzles, really any sort of encounter, right? Like, right. You did a challenge. Good job. You get XP. Right. I also like milestone XP, which is sort of bridging the two gaps Mm -hmm. where, like, okay, you completed the quest, and part of your reward is a big chunk of XP, something that you often see in video games, particularly MMOs. Mm-hmm. Right? And by doing a little bit of both, that's good. The other thing I want right. to add in is to not force players to have to murder everything to get the XP for even monster encounters. If they yep. if they flee the combat, you won. You get the XP, in my opinion. And by they, you mean the enemy. Like the yes, that's what I mean. So if you <laughs> the party gets into the fight, the party runs away. Pay up, GM. Do not <laughs> reward XP. players experience points for killing each other. That creates a very negative incentive. You know. Yes. Also, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, that's not the secret ingredient, my dude. All right. No. That doesn't make no sense. So you need to you need to make it so that, you know, they don't have to murder everything. What if they beat up a goblin and then tie it up? Do they not get XP because he's still breathing? No, of course you still get the XP. Do you, you know, what if they show up and scare the crap out of him by using major image and a bunch of lights and a couple of animal companions and a nice deception check? You won the encounter. Get XP. Right. If you finish an encounter successfully or by some other metric that you, the GM determine they, they, they get the XP, they get the milestone, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, you know, generally speaking, another good thing to keep in mind, uh, playing off of the, uh, what you mentioned about having it be, you know, don't don't make killing the enemy the only thing that rewards XP. Right. The way you reward XP or milestones, um, it's it's a leveling up is in itself a reward system. So what reward systems do, just like training a dog, you the dog's XP is the treat, right? You use right. that treat to incentivize behaviors that you want to see your players exhibit. So if you want your players to be doing a certain kind of activity or responding to you in a certain way, you can use experience to incentivize that sort of behavior. If all you're rewarding for is killing monsters, then you can bet your bippy that your players are not that it was it was a it was a retro thing it's it goes it was way back i was trying it out it didn't work it's fine i'll accept that um anyway so if if what you're rewarding people for isn't what you want them to be doing maybe rethink 
what you are incentivizing your players to do. If you want them to RP more, create encounters where you could RP your way out of it. Maybe there's a, uh, a social or like a negotiation angle that they could take. Maybe throw some not so subtle hints out there or straight up just tell your players, look, guys, you don't have to kill everything to level up. So long as you successfully complete the encounter, you will receive rewards. You'll all of a sudden start getting people thinking more outside the box and trying to come up with more clever ideas and less murder hobo-y ideas and approaches to the encounters that you present. So is there any part of that question's answer that we did not just bludgeon into the dirt? Yeah, we we beat that dead horse um, (laughs) real, real soundly, um, which is totally fine because uh, I am realizing that the papers I had in front of me were basically all the questions we had already answered. Uh, Hold on a sec. Um, Oh, I think I've got some more here. Yeah. Okay. Here they are. All right. All right, just give me a moment here. I was like frantically looking around while where you were. Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Oh my finishing God, up that they? question. Um, okay, so here's a question that is sort of depressing in a way, but maybe again has a little bit of depth that we can work with. And that question oh. is, how do you start and create a character for D and D? So the difficulty I'm having here <laughs> with reading this question is. You know, this is like several weeks into the class. It's like, how do I start making a character? It's like you've had several assignments where you had to make a character. Um, but maybe we take that a step further and we say, well, what? where is the best place to start when it comes to creating a character concept? So I'll give mm-hmm. this person the benefit of the doubt. And I'll imagine that that's what they meant to ask. Sure hope it is. I sure hope so, too. If not, I need to clearly do something else with my life. <laughs> So, um, what do you think? How do you do this thing that this class is about? Hmm. <laughs> so how do I do a math, right? Like it's like a math, math class. It's like, what's an addition? Um, so to, you know, how you go about, uh, the way I would approach this question is if, if I was the person asking this, what I'd be thinking is, where do you start for a character concept? Um, and to me, that's normally I'll, I will try to think of an image in my mind of like, what's a cool fantasy character I would like to play. Yeah. And I leave out D and D from the technical sense out of it. And I just try to think, okay, if I was watching like a fantasy movie or reading a fantasy book or a comic book or something, you know, what would this guy or gal look like? And maybe what would they sound like? How would they act? What would they do? Maybe what kind of life would they have led? That sort of thing. Where do they come from? What walk of life? And start thinking about backstory stuff and you don't have to go way into it like if you were to write it up ideally one page come up with like a couple short paragraphs 
you know, they grew up in this kind of situation. Their parents were such and such and such and such. Are they still alive? And what was their relationship with their parents? What do they do on a day-to-day basis? How do they feel about it? Do they have a close friend or two? What do they do? And do they have any uh, special skills or things that they particularly are good at? Do they have anything that they are bad at? What are their likes and dislikes? Little things like that where you could answer most of those things either in a word or two or maybe a sentence or two. So in a word or a sentence, you like to start your character concepts with character character concept, right? Like what you mean is kind of the non-mechanical side. And then yes. how do I use the mechanics of the game to interpret that concept? Like how do I make the game do what I'm doing? Right. You uh, you look at the at the different classes or if you're playing something other than D&D, there are other systems like uh, like GURPS or TriStat or um, I know Bessem uh, used that kind of system or Fate or all these other systems that have all these different ways of creating a character. The fundamental common denominator between all of these that you can, you know, if you approach character creation from a mechanical standpoint, it's going to change from game to game. But if you come at it from the angle of using your imagination to just come up with a character idea, that approach will always be the same. You come up with an idea in your head for just who this person is. Then you look at the system and the tools, the mechanical tools that the system presents you with and go, how can I best replicate this idea using the tools presented to me? Right. I think that's certainly a legitimate way of doing it, but -hmm. I think there are many ways to, to do this. And it's obviously based on, you know, your preference, right? It's all personal preference for sure. I think definitely especially if if you, if you specialize or hyper focus on a certain system, like if all you play is fifth edition D and D, you can definitely approach it from other directions, like starting with a build idea or something right. like that. Right. Well, and and I'm just thinking, of course, of players who are, you know, focusing are are like totally new, right? And they're just like, well, how? Where do I even begin? There's like so much here. You know, to them, I would probably say, you know, use the book as a menu of options, right? And sure. So that that way, because there may be things that you fantasize about doing that the book simply cannot support, right? Right. Um, if you, like, in, I think to do what you're suggesting actually requires quite a bit of expertise, um, hmm. because I think at this point in, in our development with this game, we could go, okay, let's start with any idea. Like, let's make Kratos. Like, how do we make Kratos in D and D right? Barbarian. Like, like you would know to kind of hit barbarian right away. You would know what yeah. kind of weapons you're going to be figuring out. What is sort of, 
you know what the menu options are already and where you can that's, kind of steer that. That's true. Right. That's like, true. what do you tell a player who says, I want to make Green Lantern? It's like, OK, well, we're going to make, you know, probably, you know, a wizard or a sorcerer or possibly a bard. And then we're going to um, just use a ring as a spell focus. And then we're going to, you know, make sure you take stuff like Big D's Crushing Hand and other sort of force-based spells, right? And you just flavor it all to kind of fit the, I'm basically being a Green Lantern knockoff. But a Mm -hmm. brand new player might be like, I don't see Green Lantern in here. What do I do? Right. Right. (laughs) So, um, but I think that what, what you suggest is perfectly valid and you know, if you come at it with, I want to make a pretty typical, um, you know, sort of Tolkien-esque uh, fantasy character, There's, you'll be able to, to find what you're looking for. Right. I will say also what I often do, I almost, um, I almost approach it almost entirely differently. Um, I actually do start with the mechanics and I build out from there. Um, I'm thinking about, the gameplay itself and what I want to be able to do on my turn. And yeah, combat is a big part of it. And then I try to build the character from that position. Like how do I justify this build in this world? And, you know, and it's not like I only do, you know, the, the most ideal build, right? Like I don't necessarily do whatever tree at monk temple, you know, said to do. Right. Um, right. But I, I might go, Oh, I really like this subclass or I really like this race. Let's start there. I want to be a, this let's um, yeah. let's see how I can make that interesting. And usually I will allow thematic stuff to Trump um, optimization. Sure. You know, sometimes you just want a certain weapon because you're, you have that image in your mind. Yeah, but definitely like, you know, when I wanted to play my bard, I was like, I want to play a bard, right? Sure. When I played my paladin, I was like, I want to play a paladin. I want to have that experience. And then the doc, then the character comes next. And I think especially in the case of those two characters, what I thought their characterization was going to be ended up being a little bit different. And it ended up sort of developing as we played. So one thing I want to say to to anybody who feels a little overwhelmed with it, not knowing everything about your character in the beginning is fine because you're probably going to change it anyway. And your character should, you know, come under some changes. And my my characters always change. My characters always change when when you play. You know, usually I've found that I start I start really figuring out who the character is, who the character actually is versus what my idea of who they were going to be. Uh, usually by like session three or four, because usually when you jump in, at first, you're also kind of playing around with the mechanics. You're taking in the world. You're getting, you know, the hang of what the campaign is, what your goals are, who your companions are. There's a lot 
to kind of wrap your head around. But by session three or four, you're kind of in the swing of things. Yeah. Um, and you've gotten multiple opportunities, hopefully, to RP a little bit, get some banter going back and forth with your companions. You've probably gone through a couple little uh, scenarios where you have something to bond over. Um, but, you know, this also did occur to me that if someone was brand new to the game and and I was running very likely I wouldn't I wouldn't let them create a character in the first place. I'd give them a pregen. And right, or maybe you, the stack of pregens and you select your character. Right, right, right. right. You 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 give them a, yeah. a spread of a couple pregens, but you you don't have them create a character for their first character. And the nice thing about that is unless you somehow manage to be playing a pre-gen character in a game where everyone else just happens to be the same class or whatever, if your GM's like just happens to be running like a gimmick game or something, um, you're going to get a firsthand look at other options. So if so-and-so new player chooses, you know, a, a level one elven wizard, and they get dropped into a party, well, there's probably going to be, you know, a dwarven fighter and, you know, a human paladin and, you know, a elf or a gnome druid or, all, you know, a good handful of different things. And you, the GM, can also use NPCs to show off some different uh, class types or other options that the other PCs don't represent. So instead of them having to thumb through this book that they're unfamiliar with at the current point and having their eyes glaze over with all this text, instead they, they go, Oh yeah, the Druid is this guy who did all this cool nature magic or, you know, the wizard threw a freaking fireball or the fighter just chopped this dude in half or whatever. You get to see firsthand examples of what these different things can do. And then your GM just makes a point of going, that's something that you could do if you wanted to play that character type. Yeah. You know, you could could also, you know, do a thing if you're willing to spend a little bit more time where you kind of build it based on what they talk about, you know, so that I I was thinking that too, kind of building the character alongside them. Yeah. I just, yeah. So I think that there's really no wrong place to start. Uh, but if I could just give one last tiny piece of advice, if you don't know where to start, where what is most interesting to you? Yeah. Uh, start start with your dessert. Like, go ahead and and lay hold upon that first idea that you're that you are committed to. Like, I want to be an elf. Great. That's enough. Or I want to be a character that you know, wants revenge for the death of their mother. Fabulous. That's a great place to start. Then read the book, read the book, you know, and you don't have to read it cover to cover. Start getting to those things that are the most interesting to you and start reading about that. Know everything about an elf if you'd like to, because there's lots of good ideas that being an elf helps you do, right? 
the half orc recommends um straightforwardly what it's good with right um the gnome does likewise the human says make a whatever it doesn't matter everything's great Mm -hmm. um you know it so you might want to start somewhere a little bit more tight you know you might also ask what's everyone else playing yeah and try to see if you can fill in a gap so that's assuming you know how to fill in the gaps yeah assuming you even know that much like if you've played any kind of rpg before most of us know stuff about like you know tank dps heal but if you literally don't know anything else than that just what's the first image that pops into your head all right you know start, start there i would augment that advice just very slightly okay. that i would say think of the thing that you know really gets your motor going like like you said you know i want to play an elf i want to play this character that's getting revenge for the death of his mother you know yada yada yep. yada think of that thing and then ask your gm what they recommend mm. reading cuz right. then yeah. that'll that'll help cuz if you're going into this especially if you're very new you're going to wind up looking at everything and even if you had this idea, you're going to start kind of diluting your your own attention. Right. And, where, it, and it can be a little daunting to say, we'll read the book, right? Because, it's right. Like, well, that's a lot of pages. One thing I did with my Theros group, because I only had one Mythic Odysseys of Theros book, was right. I photocopied certain sections from the book. And I made every player little packets. And mm-hmm. then... That way, that was the required reading was like five pages of information. There you go. And that's a lot more manageable than going, go ahead and read 300 pages of information. Right. Yeah. But for reference, here's where to find those things. And, you know, I've been playing this game since I was a teenager. I still don't know what every spell does. Right. Right. It's it's uh, that's normal. Yep. Let's move on to the next question. And let's. This one is going to be in a set of three because I think it really says something. Uh, And I don't mean to just like call this person out, but I think it represents some of the trouble that a lot of players run into in this game. Bring it on. So I'm going to read the first question. The first question is, can you have different races than the original ones in the book? The third question. Like, Like homebrew, you mean? Yes. Okay. Or 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 are there more out there? I, I just want to make sure I was understanding the question. Another question, because okay. this is all going to come together, right? Yep. The second part is, how do I design slash make a custom D&D character, right? So it's like this guy wants to open up the tool set and start breaking everything and making mm-hmm. his own stuff, right? Yeah. And, and I totally get that. I totally get that. However... Let us look at question number three, because that's going to help inform our answer to the other two. Okay. How do the attack bonuses work and when do I use them? (laughs) (laughs) Do you see what I mean? Do you see what I mean? I I see precisely what you mean. Yeah. So learn the answer to (laughs) To that. When you, when you yourself can answer Question three, then worry about you one can and two. <laughs> maybe think about one and two. Like, 
You cannot mess with a system you do not understand. Correct. Correct. Right. It's that's like that's like someone saying, "How how do I build my own internal combustion engine?" And by the way, what spark plug do? Yeah. What is <laughs> you know? car? What right. is car? Right. Like it's it's you're kind of putting the cart before the horse. But you see what 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 I find you know sort of endearing about this person, but also sort of frustrating. It's like, good, you are creative. You want to be creative. You want to go out and you want to make everything. And they're excited, which but is great. But you do need to pump those brakes a little bit and you need to yep. humble yourself. Yep. If you are, you need to trust, and this took me a long time to understand. You need to trust that the designers of the game aren't dumb. You have to trust that they knew what they were doing and they were probably the right people for the job. Mm-hmm. If you can do that and you can really do your best to fully understand their game without messing with it too much, you will understand the whys yep. of these rules. Yep. You might also discover that that fantasy you had in your head, because I think that he's probably approaching the game the way you were kind of suggesting in terms of I have a fantasy. I want the game to fulfill that fantasy. Yeah, right. Absolutely. But what he might not understand is that the game can fulfill that fantasy as written. Yeah. But but because he just hasn't read it, but he hasn't read it. So he doesn't know it. Yeah. And so he doesn't know it's going to give it to him. Yep. Um, So that's I I think that I just want to kind of come away from like, I don't really want to get into how to homebrew. Right. Because that's really besides the point here. Well, and that's that's orders guess, of magnitude beyond what we're doing here. Absolutely. Like if you're asking, I don't know how an attack roll works. You have no business homebrewing anything. Oh, so, and and just to just to make this very clear, cus if you are if you are trying to homebrew anything for fifth ed, the easiest thing to homebrew is a background. Second, I would I would say um, second, I would say is a race because you can kind of use all the races as sort of a template and they're not too bad. So long as you make sure that you're kind of trying to hew very closely to the sorts of options that are there. Well, then, yeah, then 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 subclasses, then straight up entirely new classes if you're trying to build a new class you are signing up for a world of imbalanced hurt yeah and i I might throw in spell between um like race and subclass uh maybe even before race probably before race actually but um even still none of this is as easy as you might think it is right one thing that, about that is race, why game designers get paid. That is why they get paid. Yeah, it, it is. That's really kind of true. Like people kind of underestimate the value of these ideas. And a lot of us read it and go, this looks like trash. That looks like trash. This class is trash. It's like, bro, you don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. Th- this is what they came up with after like hours of playtesting. OK, maybe there's something missing from what you understand. For instance, it's very popular to say that monks are bad and i totally get why people think that right 
monks, in order to use a lot of their abilities, require key. Whereas other classes typically get to do all the same cool stuff, but without a cost. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a lot of their damage values aren't like super high. But then if you just play it, you might go, well, you know, I get to put all my stats into wisdom, dexterity, and, and uh, constitution. That's like the most efficient character, right? Like, and the same thing is true about rangers. Like rangers, yeah, they don't get a lot of flash up front because they frankly don't need it. Yeah. You know, they do a lot of wonderful things, particularly for what this game is meant to do. And yeah. just because everything doesn't immediately devolve into DPS, I shouldn't say devolve because I like DPS, but mm. just because you can't just boil everything down to DPR values, you know, doesn't right. mean that that class isn't valuable. Anyway, I know that was a bit of a segue, but well, I, I think, I think it I, all I'm just trying throws, to say that respect the designer. That's really yeah, what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. You know, and, and yes, there are, and I, I think this comes down more to, uh, subclasses than, than just straight up, uh, entire classes, but there are some subclasses that do have uh like known mechanical issues i i think i've uh i've never i've never played it but i've heard that like uh way of the four elements monk is uh has some mechanical deficiencies that right it make it, it has some problems hard to compete but that uh, some classes th- will do things like have too many options for like bonus action or something. Right. Um, but that's the yeah. exception. Not those the are rule. the exception. Yeah. There's right. even really good classes like moon druid is arguably, you know, maybe not weak per se, but maybe not great for the health of the game. Um, but that's like a, a topic for another time. And again, those right. are outliers and most players, who are starting out aren't even going to feel any of that. Correct. Um, you know. All right. So let's just say, yeah, humble yourself, learn the game. Yeah. Okay. One um, more question. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess we have been going on a bit. Um, let me, let's see. Oh, okay. This is, I like this question. This is a right. thoughtful question. This is, what should me as a player character do to help spice up the campaign without ruining what the DM has planned. Well, first things first, talk to the GM and ask them that very thing. Hey, what could I do to bring, you know, some extra spark? What would you like to see from me to bring something special to the game? That right there, because every GM's game is different. So, and and every player, you know, what would spice things up for me, Andrew, is often going to be different than what you, Adam, would find exciting and intriguing. Right. And yes, there might well be some overlap. In fact, you know, I know that between the two of us, there definitely is some overlap. Um, For sure, yeah. But the answer to this question is particularly tied 
to who you, the player, are and who your GM is and understanding what your GM is going for with the campaign they're running. Make sure you understand the tone of the game. The, the you know, if your GM is trying to run a game that's very socially uh, focused and maybe politically focused and that sort of thing, maybe trying to come up with ideas that are super combat heavy while neat might actually run counter to what the GM is trying to do and might actually throw a wrench into things. On the flip side, I had an experience where we were playing in a campaign where the GM running the game had some very specific ideas about how he wanted to run the game. And he had some specific encounters and situations that he wanted to have happen and stuff like that. I had a character that I made to be a spy who could like weasel his way in and out of all these different social situations and, and dig up all these different answers and, figure out clues and things like that. But my GM had this whole idea of like figuring out the mystery as the campaign went on. And I didn't really understand that that's what he wanted to kind of do. Maybe he didn't even fully understand that that's what he wanted. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, But it left me feeling kind of miffed because you didn't get your fantasy you didn't get the thing you wanted yeah it became pretty clear that the thing i wanted to do was not quite copacetic with what the gm's goals were for the game and if i had the presence of mind to talk to my gm more ahead of time and make sure that we were more on the same page I probably could have avoided that difficult and not so fun situation, though it was a good learning experience for me. Um, So really, at the end of the day, for this sort of thing, I think the real answer is have a have a one on one sit down with your GM and express this desire to to go the extra mile and add something really cool to the game, but make sure that you know what your GM's goals are so that you guys are aiming at the same target. Cause when you both hit that target, you're going to get double the payoff and it's going to feel terrific. Okay. Yeah. So I think communication obviously is key. And I think that that's something that this person probably would want to do but i also get the Mm. sense that part of this question is kind of going like like because he wants to spice up his campaign right so i think he's as a gm or as a player as a player okay as a player so what that kind of suggests to me and maybe i'm reading too much into it but what that suggests to me is maybe my tm's kind of lame or like not being very interesting and or, how can I add something to that that but also I respect that they're the DM and I don't want them to like 
I don't want to like throw a total curveball at this person. Um, which I think is a very polite question, I will say, for the most part, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, pre- I appreciate the effort. I think, though, that like whether or not like just because the GM's game is not, you know, hitting the spot for you doesn't necessarily mean that it's not interesting or that the GM is well, and I, I don't think lame or incapable. Um, I I want to make sure that we aren't saying that though either. Sure, because yeah, you know, certain DMs run things a certain way, and that way generally is not going to be for everyone. Very few GMs can run a perfect, amazing game for literally any player. Well, because that, we yeah, all have I mean, preferences. We, we obviously can't talk about things in extremes like that, right? Like we don't, that's not even probably the goal, I right. would say, you know, but I would say that it is in a large part up to players to provide the interest in the game because you are the protagonist. You and the other players are the protagonists of the adventure. And maybe to kind of join in with, kind of what you're saying Mm -hmm. maybe the reason it doesn't feel spicy is because you're not spicy (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is certainly possible and you know this can happen if you are only doing a character build and don't have a characterization right right like a lot of people like a lot of times when i was asking students to fill out character sheets you know sometimes that background page would be kind of blank you know or the section about personality quirks, maybe they would skip that, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, don't forget about that stuff. Cause that that's yeah. The, the other stuff is how the game works, but that is about how the game feels. Right. Yep. And that's the real experience yep. that we're going for. We just want the, the rest of the rules to enhance that experience. Correct. They, but they need to go together. You need both to get the full experience of the game. And so what I would say is definitely do what Andrew suggests and speak, right? Just have that sort of communication. But the other thing that I would say is look more to your characterization than to your mechanical aptitude. Yep. And if you're really, really bored, just play Spellcaster. It's better. (laughs) <laughs> hard disagree hard disagree no I, I'm, I'm I'm never going to play a non-spellcaster again that's for sure but that's just my preference yo and you're wrong no. yeah, and you're, and you're wrong just you're just, just objectively wrong Al- no. although although rune knight looks pretty dope <laughs> yeah like I I don't know you know it it comes down to also being able to both ask yourself and answer yourself what is fun and exciting to me and it's also very possible that you don't know yet mm, you yeah, know that's a good it, point. especially if you're very new at this if you if you haven't played the game yet you can't possibly begin to answer this question so in that case the answer is 
try stuff, experiment, you know, mess around with different classes. Ask your GM if maybe they could try, maybe they put the campaign on hold for a week or two and you run a couple little one shots where you bring maybe three or four different pregens and the GM just runs a couple like one-off encounters so you can try different classes out and go, ooh, that feels kind of fun. That's cool. Eh, I wasn't a big fan of this. And to be able to experiment a little bit in a safe space and then go back to the campaign with a better understanding of like, okay, these are the options that are out there. These are the ones that really scratched my itch where these ones over here didn't quite do it for me. Because if you don't know what your preferences are, knowing how to spice things up, you, you don't even know where to begin to answer that question, right? Yeah. The, the real question might just be, why are you bored, actually? Mm-hmm. Um, and that can also come with, like, in how you engage with the game, particularly when it's not your turn. Yep. Um, you know, learning to take good notes is actually a huge part of that engagement. Yeah. Um, and that's something I'm still struggling with. And Me too. And need to do better at. Um, I love it so much when players know who my NPCs are and when they know what the plot is yes. and what they're supposed to be doing. I I hate it if a player is like, what am I doing here? You know, because that <laughs> he's just that look across the table and go, yeah, what are you doing here? <laughs> what are yeah exactly you know because part of me is like well either you're not paying attention or my story is so incredibly bland that is to be forgettable right neither one makes me feel particularly good right exactly that and so i i want to either fix what i'm doing wrong or i need you to start giving a little bit more and th that answer can be different from person to person but now sub point to that yeah that doesn't necessarily mean that if you do find yourself at a point in the story where you you really are like i cannot remember for the life of me what we're supposed to be doing or like what because there have been times likely for most gms where you know, some of these stories that we're trying to tell can meander a bit. You can oh, yeah. get a oh, little yeah. bit off the beaten path. And, and sometimes the conspiracy board becomes so convoluted that people really don't know what's going on. Oh, anymore. yeah. You can get right. lost, but quick. So, if I mean, yeah, you, sometimes it is both of your fault in a way, you yeah. know, or or just like the GM telling a wonderful story in their own head, but. So we're failing yep. to to just communicate the main points. So um, and a lot of these questions can have to do with things that are like, how do I make the game more complex? It's like, well, maybe don't. <laughs> yeah. Higher, higher complexity means that you are having to think about more mechanics. And a lot of times like the human brain, to my understanding like from a biological perspective 
is literally incapable of multitasking. Multi the idea of multitasking it literally can't happen. Yeah, that's true. Right, your brain can only can <laughs> right. only do one thing at a time. It might switch back and forth really fast, but right. you can only do one thing at a time. So yeah. if you give yourself a bunch more things to think about, that mental energy is being taken from somewhere you know the the law of conservation of mental energy right <laughs> like if you take mental energy from somewhere you're taking it from somewhere to put it somewhere else it doesn't just magically come about somewhere uh or from nowhere rather um so higher complexity can cause problems even if you're an experienced player especially if you're adding that complexity at the cost of being able to focus on other things you need to be focusing on. Like what is the story? What is my character's role in things? Have I put time into developing relationships with the other characters? If all you're focusing on is like, what cool stuff can I do in a fight? That's not the whole game and vice versa. If all you're focusing on is like, you know, what's my next big monologue going to be? Right. You know, then you have to stop the action and ask, how does an attack role work? Right. That's also <sighs> real bad. Yeah. You need balance. You, you need to know the actual game. And like, like, again, this kind of comes back to just respect what you're playing. Like, yep. Actually experience it, you know? Yeah. And. It, it it is a thing where you know I just I feel like I'm an old man on my lawn so often about some of these things, you know. It's like guys, I love you so much, but please just just listen, you know, mm -hmm. listen, read. You don't even have to do the whole thing; just the parts you're interested in. You know, it took me so long to just realize what the game was even trying to do. Yeah, and I was playing it regularly, and I didn't understand it, like. Like not on a on that deeper level, yeah. Of wow, I can really do just about anything I want. I don't have to make everything. Yep, they kind of already did it, you know. And like, and just coming to realize, man, I really hadn't read much of this Dungeon Master's Guide. Did you know there's good information in here? Like, <laughs> did you know it kind of it's guides so you when you're trying to be useful. a dungeon master? How about yeah. that? <laughs> it's just so good. You know, I wish they'd really write something that would help DMs. Oh, man. Wouldn't that Wouldn't be, be swell? Um, <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah. yeah. You know, but we're, we're, we're not used to that. And, you know, my, my old man spiel will be, it does seem to me that the young people just aren't, they're not skillful in reading. They do know how to read, of course, but they the vocabulary I find is quite limited and I, and I do find that, um, you know, of course the attention span is not long, like yeah. being able to read in, and like we joke about your reading skill has increased by one, like, but that's kind of real though. At the same time, well, it's very real. You have got to develop this as a skill. And the more that you read and not just passively, but really sort of actively trying to learn the more efficient you will be at that 
think about what you are reading. Sometimes that means rereading. You or might taking notes. Yeah, you might read something and go, "Wait, what did that just say?" And you might take you a couple more times before you go, "Oh." So here's my grossest piece of advice, and, and which is I learned basically all of D and D on the toilet, like every time bathroom <laughs> reader. Every time I sat down on the John, I'd flip open somewhere and I would just learn a page. There you right? go. And that really adds up quickly, right? You're going to know the book pretty dang well in a year, you know? Definitely. Uh, so, I mean, you know, especially if you eat a lot of foods that <laughs> just go right through you. <laughs> eat a lot of eat a lot of fruit, you know? Um, you go, you got to be an get expert. That fiber. <laughs> this, uh, this episode is brought to you by fiber one. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, that's when, you know, that'd we're be getting, cool though. Yeah. We are like getting up there in years. <laughs> we might be started getting, getting sponsored by fiber and sensodyne <laughs> and all those other guys. Okay. Um, Please no. We're on our way, you know. We're on our way to that porch swing in the sky. Um, so <laughs> I think that's that's the signal. That's the I signal. think it is. I think the it's time for this episode to die. Oh man. Well, I hope that uh, you all had a good time listening to this, and I hope that uh, we were able to answer some questions that you had either directly or tangentially, because that's very possible. Um, and if you would like to participate with our community, such as over on discord, you can head on over to patreoncom slash inspiration point and support us at any of the levels you see there. And you will get to join our happy little inspired family and interact with us on a regular basis. And if you support us at the highest tier, you will be able to interact directly with Mr. Power in one of his campaigns. And I stop by every now and then too, just to throw a monkey wrench into things. That's um, right. And it's a lot of fun. Our community is full of amazing people who are very helpful, very supportive, very kind. Um, And we love all of them very much. And another spot you can go to, to check us out is inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com. That's our website. And if you go there, you can find all our episodes as well as three little buttons in the upper right hand corner or if you're on mobile in the upper center, and those can take you to our Facebook, Twitter, and to our Patreon, respectively. And all that stuff having been said, I guess my parting words would be respect the game and humble yourself enough to take a close look at what you are playing. Think about your interests and really get interested. Give it the time because you will get out what you put in. If you really read and try to learn that spellcaster class, 
you'll figure out cool things that you can do with it. If you want to learn how to play a good fighter, you study up, you learn how and a, how to roll an attack, you know, learn the basics because you can learn them. You can memorize them very easily. And also, pro tip, if you run across a word anywhere in anything you ever read anywhere, if you see a word that you don't know the definition to, there's this other awesome book called a dictionary. And you can pick up said dictionary and it will tell you what like every word ever means. It's super duper cool and very, very useful. So if you don't know what proficiency means, go look up proficiency and you will know what proficiency means and you'll be better at the game. You might be more proficient in it. Indeed, you might be more proficient. So go level up your own proficiencies. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.